by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Psalm 62, verse 5, says, Let all that I am wait quietly before God. For my hope is in him. Where is your hope? It better be in God. Because if you're all tore up on the inside, you're watching the news for your hope, good luck. If you're looking to a politician for your hope, good luck. I don't even believe in luck, so might as well say good luck because it ain't going to matter one way or another. You're not going to be quiet on the inside. You're going to be all stirred up. How many has felt that lately? When you think about the condition that this world is in. Come on, let's be honest. Lower your halo for a minute. We're all going through the same things. We all are having tribulation in in the world and tribulation in our life. And it just tears us up on the inside sometimes. But the psalmist says, I can wait quietly because my hope is in the Lord. The King James Version says, my expectation is in him. See, I expect God to keep me safe. I expect him to make me more than an overcomer in this life. I expect him to move on my behalf. I don't know about you, but I don't think the world offers much hope. In fact, I didn't see any. When I was living in the world, it didn't offer me anything. It offered me a flawed theory of evolution that I came from pond scum that turned into a monkey. It offered me a big bang theory that I was just here by Something that happened to explode out of nothing. I don't know where that something came from, but. You know, if you listen to the world, you're going to become hopeless. You're going to have despair. You're going to have disappointment. It all dead ends into hopelessness. Why do you think somebody's riding around town filming himself shooting people? Survival of the fittest, according to the world. It all dead ends into hopelessness for the world. The world's hope can carry us no further than our ride in a hearse. That's as far as the world can carry you. It, it can't promise you anything beyond that. You remember the story of Abram, later known as, I'm going to tell you about the day that they changed his name to Abraham. He was 99 years old, and God had told him a long time. He'd been building his faith for a long time to believe that he could have, he would be the father of many nations. But God came to him at 99, and he said, Abraham, this time next year, you're going to have a child of your own. (laughs) As 
faithful as Abraham was, he had to chuckle a little bit. The Bible says in Genesis 17, he laughed to himself. He didn't laugh to God, but he, how would this happen? I mean, this is, come on now, give the man a break. This is before Viagra. I mean, we're talking, we're talking about there was, I mean, his wife, Sarah, had been barren, and she's like 80-something. They've never had children. In fact, that day, God said, the new covenant that I'm going to make with you, your part is to go get circumcised. So he got circumcised and all the males in his house at that same day. And I imagine that didn't bode well for his thinking about creating a child. I mean, there were no circumstances by which this should happen. But in Romans, the fourth chapter Verse 18, it tells us that even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said, say God had said. God had said. For God had said to him that you, that's how many descendants you will have. God had said, and that was enough. Abraham had hope because of what God said, not because of the things he saw around him. He didn't walk by sight. He walked by faith in what God had said. And when we get our eyes off of what God has said, we begin to despair. We begin to be disappointed. God is our hope personified. There would be no hope without God. You understand that? Without God, we wouldn't be here in the first place. And without God, there is no hope for where we're going. If hope were a person, it would be in the face of Jesus Christ. Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, he is the wellspring of hope that bubbles up in us as believers. We can find it no other place. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. You see, that's where you get your joy and your peace because you have hope. Because the circumstances around you, the things that you can see in the natural are never going to grant you joy and peace. It is a hope in what God has said. It is putting our faith out there to believe for what God has promised. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, Hope comes from being filled with the Holy Spirit. And because you trust in what God has said, you trust that the Holy Spirit is your comforter. And you allow the Holy Spirit to take control of your life and you become confidently hopeful. Is that making sense? Because we lose sight. This is just an adjustment. Y'all have come to the chiropractor today. Seriously. <clears throat> Biblical hope is not, I hope so. I hope so. 
I mean, that's the way some of us are living our lives, like the world. Biblical hope is a confident expectation in God's goodness and his faithfulness to his own word. Amen. That he's going to do what he said he's going to do because he's good. Amen. Even when I can't see it, I believe it. Amen. I believe it. You know, God allows us to fly through storms sometimes. You ever been in an airplane when you're in the middle of the clouds? You can't see where you're going. You have to trust the instruments. We need to trust this word of God, even when we can't see it. Man, that's, that would be terrible if we only had faith when we could see it. That wouldn't be faith at all. And hope keeps us joyful in the tribulation that we suffer. Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. Do you, if we could begin to see this world as an obstacle course that God has designed and allowed to happen so that we could become more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. We can't build muscles without resistance. We need things to come against our faith so that we can build our faith. So how about every time some obstacle comes into our path, we stop whining and complaining and say, I got that. My God's got this. This is just something to make me stronger. The devil tries to make you think it's over. It's over for him. My hope is an anchor for my soul, the Bible says. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. All this thinking and these emotions, they'll get out of control quick. But because I have hope, I'm anchored. I shall not be moved. What about you? Don't be moved. Don't get off your firm foundation. There was a town one time that was scheduled to be flooded. He said, why would a town be flooded? Well, it was scheduled to be flooded because they were building a big dam. And they figured, well, this is collateral damage. You, you guys are going to have to move in a certain date in the future. And they said as that date grew closer, two or three months out, people stopped mowing their yards. They stopped repairing their fences. They didn't even work on their plumbing anymore. They didn't paint anything. They just began to let things go. Why do you think that is? What's the use? What's the use? There's no hope for this place. And that's where we are in a society right now, in this society. People are saying, what's the use? Why well, get up and go to work? It ain't going to matter for nothing. I can just get the government to take care of me. It don't matter. Nothing matters. There's no hope. This place is going downhill quick, and why I try to even take care of my own life? Why do, why do I try to improve myself? Why do I try to... Why, why? Just let things go. What's the use? That's where this society is. Halford E. Luckett said, where there's no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. If you don't stir your faith back up and get your hope out there working again, there's going to be no power for you to overcome the circumstances in your life. 
Remember David? We talked about him here recently. The time that he was out with his, his troops and he come back and somebody had raided his camp and took his women and children and all, everybody's women and children, took all of their stuff. And the men were so mad that they wanted to stone David, his own. He's like, I lost my stuff too. <laughs> but because he was the leader, they wanted to stone him. Maybe that's why I'm preaching this message, because I look at some of y'all, y'all want to stone me. <laughs> Where was I at before I interrupted myself? Anyway, it says David stirred himself up in the Lord. He was tempted to lose hope. He was tempted to, to get down and say, just kill me and get it over with. I've lost my children, I've lost my wife, I've lost my stuff. And some of you have lost a lot recently. But David stirred himself up in the Lord. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in our confident hope. Rejoice. Re means to do it again. Rejoy yourself. Stir up your joy. Rejoy in your confident hope. Who is that? Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. The word that we're going to discuss in a lot of these scriptures today is patience. Man, I wish everything just happened when you wanted to, don't you? But it doesn't. You know how hard life is. I was thinking last night as I was praying about this service, I was I've been at this church 24 years. I've been pastor eight years. But long before I was pastor, I was praying for this church. I was praying that we would grow and, and we would get our own place and that things would begin to prosper and we would begin to, to do the things God's called us to do. And it just seems like one obstacle after another. Just when you get rolling, something boom, boom, we get hit again. But you got to stir yourself up. You got to be patient in trouble. And you got to keep on praying. Maybe somebody's going through something and you hadn't been praying. Start praying. And remember who you have believed. Psalms 16:9 says, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also rests in hope. And some of your flesh needs some rest. Because you have allowed the cares of this life, the anxieties that the world, the hopelessness of the world to invade your flesh. And it's called stress. And it's tearing you up. I think about Jesus. When he was sleeping on the boat in the midst of a storm and his disciples said, you don't even care that we perish? Jesus is like, man, we ain't perishing. I got hope. I know in whom I believe. He could sleep in the midst of the storm because he could allow his flesh to rest because he had hope. Yes. Claire Booth Lucy said, there are no hopeless situations. Well, that's a big statement. Come on now, no hopeless situations? Well, is anything too big for God? Anything? She said, there are no hopeless situations. There are only people who have grown hopeless about them. Yeah. 
You don't lose till you quit. That's the only way you're going to lose as a believer in Jesus Christ is if you quit. A guy named Dan, uh, James Deloach, he was telling a story about a, a painting that he saw one time. He said it really touched his life. He said it was a painting of a little house, like a little cabin in the woods that had burned down. And the embers were still smoking in the painting. You could tell that the, and there was nothing left but just an old charred chimney left standing. And in front of the painting stood an old grandfather in his bedclothes, torn and singed. And beside the old grandfather was a little boy clutching his overalls. And obviously he had just been crying and crying, soot all over the little boy's face, just tears streaking down. He said the painting touched him. And he said written on the painting was the, the painter's idea of what the grandfather must have said. It said, hush child, God ain't dead. I say to you today, hush child, God ain't dead. Hope enables endurance. There's that word again, endurance, patience. Hope enables endurance and it kindles expectation. You see, without expectation, man, just life becomes a drudgery, doesn't it? I mean, me and Angie, I'm, I'm, you mind if I share a little something? It's just coming to me, but... Recently, we were just kind of burned out. We were growing burned out because we just did church all the time. And so we, we said, we got to do something. We got to have some expectation. We got to, you know, you need joy in your life. You need to do, you need to have fun. You need to have an expectation. So we, we bought us a little old camper. And we've been going to the lake. I work from the lake sometimes. Romans 15, 4 says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. You see, God's on a different time schedule. I wish he did it according to our whim, but he doesn't. But the scriptures give us hope and give us encouragement along the journey as we wait patiently for it to come to pass. And as I was walking this sanctuary this week thinking about hope, I always, as I often do, I turned to our banners and I looked up there and I said, Passion Church will become a name synonymous with love and what? Hope. 
hope is a big part of what we're doing here. I looked over here, and it says we're a hospital of hope. That's who we are. When people without hope need hope, they come to this hospital to find it. When they've lost their way, when they don't know that they have purpose, they have no expectation for the future, they come to this hospital. And we infuse them with purpose. And the hope that God is still in charge. Hope is a very, very important ingredient in us reaching our destination as a passion church. Very important. Without it, we would have already given up. We have come a long way. We've endured many long nights. We've had many pastors that gave their life for this place. But hope has seen us through it all. And it will see us to the end. And God's word will not come back void. Two privileges that God offers. One is to be saved and to be a part of his family. And the second one is for us to get other people saved so that they can be a part. And we have the privilege to be a part, to partner with God. And seeing that happen in the lives of others. Sometimes I feel just like a little boy with a cup of water standing by a great ocean <laughs> and the ocean asked me to help him fill the earth to partner with him to fill the earth and I'm like I know I don't offer much I know that this doesn't make a big difference to what I have but what a privilege what an honor to be able to be a part of what God is doing in the earth. What a great, great privilege. You know, God says things like, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. As high as the heaven is from the earth, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But he don't want it to stay that way, you see. He wants us to start thinking higher. He wants us to start thinking his thoughts. He wants our minds renewed and transformed he wants to give us the mind of Christ so that we may sleep in the boat when we need rest you see there's no hope in just simply agreeing with the facts around you there's no hope in that the world does that Abraham could have said oh no God that's not going to happen I can promise you have you seen my wife? She ain't never had a kid. She ain't never going to have a kid. You can agree with the facts, or you can set your hope on what God has said. Which one are you going to do? I'll tell you what happened for Abraham. He became the father of many nations. Next year, guess what happened? They had a little Isaac. And Isaac means he who laughs because God has a sense of humor because both Abram and Sarai laughed. Yeah. 
but he brought it to pass. We need to begin to think like people who have been to the cross. Have you been to the cross? Ephesians 2.12 says, In those days you were living apart from Christ. We all had those days, didn't we? <laughs> Whew. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You weren't part of the covenant promises. You didn't, you didn't know that there was promises in this book. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Don't forget where you've been now or what you've been through and the hopelessness you felt before you met Jesus. Don't forget that. But now, say but now. But now. Things have changed now, ain't they? But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him by the blood of Christ. In other words, the cross of Christ. Hope began at the cross. When you sat at the foot of the cross and said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, that's when hope began for you. And we must carry that cross. And we must carry that hope. Until his second coming. Titus 2.13 says, While we look forward with hope to the wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. We got things to look forward to. Don't grieve at those without hope. We got a hope of a resurrection going on here. Calvary solidifies a hope of heaven for all of us. If, it don't, if you got nothing else that you can, can set your sights on right now, set your sights on the fact that you're going to heaven and you're not going to roast in hell. Amen. That you're going to have a life past the second date on your tombstone. <laughs> Colossians 1.4 says, For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people which comes from your confident hope. Why do we love people? Because we have a confident hope. Why do we have faith? Because we have a confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have this expectation ever since you first heard of the truth of the good news. So my friends, we can continue to put our hope in this world, to walk by sight, to trust our feelings. We can eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, but not me. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to cling to the old rugged cross. I have decided to believe he is who he says he is. He is, he was, and he will always be for me. I have made a personal decision to cling to the cross, to cling to the hope that I have in Jesus. My hope is in the Word of God, both the written Word and the Word of God that sits at the right hand of power on high, the person, Jesus Christ. And I will always believe and trust. And if I get down and you see me looking hopeless, you come stir me up. And I'll try to do the same for you. That's why the church exists, so that we can keep our hope together. We can, we can nudge each other and encourage each other so much more as we see the day approaching. And the day is approaching. I'm telling you, it's coming fast. Jesus is going to come back. I can hear the trumpets warming up. He's coming. 
And now is not the time to grow shy, to grow dim, and to grow. let the devil beat you down and lie to you and tell you who you ain't. You need to let the Word of God tell you who you are. Your life and your, your destiny and your purpose is found in the Word of God, in the written Word, and in the person Jesus Christ. He's seated at the right hand of power on high. Abraham got his, and I'm going to get mine. This church is going to get ours, amen? This church going to get ours, amen? Hush, child, God ain't dead. Tell that devil. Yes, Lord. I'm going to stir myself up. I don't know about you, but when I see things not going my way, I get more intense, not less. I fight harder. I don't quit. Stand to your feet. There ain't a person in here right now that don't need to be infused with a fresh batch of hope. This world has, has beaten us, tried to discourage us and disappoint us, but you're here today. And I want you to declare with me, my God, my God. You, are my you are my hope. I stir myself up. I stir my faith up. I set my sight on you. I trust in you. I believe in you. Holy Spirit, fill me with a confident hope again. Restore me. Set my eyes on my destination. Help me to trust in your word. Because you said, I shall do, I shall accomplish, and I shall be in Jesus' name. Give him a hand clap of praise. Woo! Give him a shout. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.